Welcome in, Defeating the Curse. It is Good Friday for some. It is the last Friday of Lent for others. LP, FP, and Joe. There's a lot of sports that we wanted to talk about, so we decided to do a podcast anyway. Um, it is Passover as well, so for everybody celebrating whatever you're celebrating, uh, may the force be with you, and happy <laughs> holiday. Um, but let's get into some of these these headlines. This week has been a little bit crazy, and it started off Monday night with UVA winning the national championship in basketball. I mean, a very unlikely story if you go back in time six, seven months to the start of the uh, the uh, the basketball season. But regardless, UVA does bring home a championship. And I think our podcast has to be thanked publicly for defeating yet another curse and continuing to just bring home the brass here uh, to the D.C. area. I mean, since we've been on the air now, we've got two major championships that we can celebrate and take credit for. Uh, you know, as far as other topics this week, Magic Johnson quit the Lakers for no reason, but apparently there was a reason. Uh, was that two weeks ago? It's last week, last week. You got Clay, um, Tiger Woods winning at the Masters on Sunday. I mean, it, there's a lot that's happened. Russell Wilson signed a massive new contract, absolutely massive. I don't know what the Seahawks are doing. Bobby Kraft's uh, sex tape is going to be released. Bernie Sanders is surging in the polls. The Mueller report, I mean, you guys tell me where you want to start, and, and we'll go from there. But I, I, I feel like we should start with UVA. I mean, it's been two weeks since we talked about it. We did a, we did a preview show. Uh, Lamar Butler was a, was a fantastic guest, came on and kind of talked about what he expected to happen. And he was right, with the exception of the game turned into B. I mean, I bet the over, the under was historically low. I bet the over, it went way over, went to overtime. UVA ultimately wins. I don't know how many... Uh, professional NBA players or like star, like superstar NBA players are going to come out of either one of these teams. Um, but I mean, UVA winning is, is still a big deal. This is a team that was littered with, you know, upperclassmen, something you just don't regularly see anymore at the collegiate level. And it, it I mean, last year they get to, they, they get bounced by UBNC or whatever school it was 16, you know, not <laughs> of one. And here they are this year. I mean, the redeemed team, they come out and win. I mean, any thoughts on that before we jump into the stuff from this week? Because I, I think that's a big accomplishment and we should talk about it. Uh, it's been a big accomplishment, but it's been two weeks. It's in the rearview mirror now. Congrats to UVA. Congrats to Virginia, um, you know, representing the DMV well. Let's take the M out of the DMV. And, you know, that's it. They, they It was a good game. went to overtime. But um, good story that they went from, you know, being knocked out was it the first ever one seed to be knocked out by a 16 seed and then to That's come back correct. and win it this year? Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Um, they actually play some defense. It was, you know, it was, a, it was a decent game, but it's in the rear view mirror. The NHL playoffs have started. The NBA playoffs have started. Champions League is heating up. Um, there's so much, so much going on. I mean, this is probably the most exciting time if you're a sports fan, um, especially here in the D.C. area, because you at least – have one team that's in the playoffs, um, one team that used to be in the playoffs, and then the Nats kind of kicking up. So uh, I think um, basketball, NCAA basketball, has, has been a nice story, but it's in the rearview mirror, and I think people have forgotten about it, specifically I'd here honestly, in the area. I'd honestly rather talk about soccer than college basketball two weeks after it's over. All right, let's talk soccer, LP. Let's no, talk no, some no, soccer. No, then. That wasn't a segue. No. <laughs> no. Let's go hockey, guys. Come on. You got to go hockey first. Okay, because... give me your panic panic meter. You know, zero to ten. I'm at a seven right now, with the Caps starting, you know, with a two zero lead and now being, you know, basically finding themselves two two in a dogfight against the uh, against the Hurricanes. 
you know, it's not the outcome we expected. And there's a, there's an old adage in sports that, you know, it's not a series until the home team loses. And so far the home team hasn't lost. So it's a best of three series. The series resumes tomorrow night here in Washington, DC. But I tell you guys between the Oshi injury and just how flat they've looked the last two games, I'm at a seven out of 10 on the panic meter. FC, so let me, uh, I, right now I would say I'm, I'm probably at like a, a 5.5 or a six. Uh, and the main reason is going to be that that home ice advantage plays a huge role for us. So Carolina has been hungry for playoff games. Uh, so like that, that crowd has been ravenous. But the Oshie injury hurts. Bringing up DSP is, is a good move because he had a huge spark for us last year in the in the playoffs. Right, He had seven goals uh, throughout the playoffs. So DSP coming up, he's a nice little spark for the Caps. But honestly, I'm not too worried about it because the Caps know what the issue is. So, so the the Hurricanes do a two-one-two floor check, which we won't. I won't explain it. But essentially, they have three guys pressing the corner by Holtby and and playing faster than us and and getting the puck. Um, the the Caps know what they're doing and they know how to fix it. And if you look at yesterday's game, Game Four versus Game Three, it was a much better game for the Capitals. It was a much closer game. You had the fluke goal after 17 seconds in the first. If that doesn't happen, that game goes into overtime. I mean, uh, Mrazek had a miraculous save at the end of the third, which shouldn't. It, it was like Holtby-esque in the in, in the Stanley Cup Finals. So all in all, I'm not too worried about the Capitals, and you still have your big guys performing, which is what you need. Your stars performing. My biggest concern right now is that there's there's been zero Kuzi sighted. We need to see Kuzi. And until he wakes up, I, I don't know what you can really get out of this team because Kuzi was a big part of this offense all year, and especially last year in the in the playoffs. I'll tell you what, my panic meter is at an eight and eight point five because although I'm not a hockey expert, I've, I've been watching a lot of hockey over the past few weeks, and I watch other teams. I watch the the uh, Calgary Flames and the Avalanche the other night when they went into overtime. And when I see other teams play, I see them play with hunger. I see them play with desire to win. I see them play with urgency. All these things that I haven't seen the Caps play with the past two games. I mean, we see time and time again the stupid power play and the stupid slingshot that, that keeps happening. It's like it's like they're, they're sitting back and they're just, you know, chilling. Like, I don't understand. This is this is the playoffs. Where's the urgency? Why aren't you pressing? Why aren't you the, the, getting the more urgency, shots? The urgency is still there. I mean, I'll agree with you on the slingshot. You and I were discussing it the other day. The cap slingshot and the power play is the equivalent of the Redskins bringing out uh, CT on third down. Like, everybody knows what's coming. Why are you even going to attempt that? Like, you're like, you're not gaining the zone fast. You're not going to do anything out of surprise with that. So that, to me, is a stupid move. But the urgency is there. It's just what you're witnessing is is a young, hungry, scrappy team, as Joe put it uh, during our, our playoff previews, that, that are feeding off the crowd. So when you take that energy, plus it's been, what, 80 degrees with, like, 70% humidity, and that ice was, was like, choppy and melty, and that's why the yeah but look we can we can talk about all the look you can talk about all the ice deformities and everything else the point is lp's 100 right here they're not playing with urgency fp i don't know what game you're watching man they come out flat they look like they all need like 
like some Starbucks. They need some caffeine or something before these games. I don't know what happened to them. But frankly, it also happened in, in the beginning of the game too. They just looked slow. They looked sluggish. They looked like they were they just needed like they looked like the Redskins. Like they weren't ready to play. Like the game came like the game time they looked surprised or something. It just something didn't look right. Something doesn't look right here. And the highlight of their trip to Carolina was you know, Ovechkin, you know, putting that 19-year-old on his butt. Like, and that, that was the way. Like, and you would think the team would rally after that. But the opposite happened. They, they continued to play flat, which is even more troubling. So right. I, I'm not it, sure. Like, I know there's going to be a bunch of adjustments going into Saturday. I'm not crazy about making adjustments to a team that's, you know, now has a, a championship pedigree and understands these moments. But I'll tell you what, man. Like, they cannot go down. They cannot go down uh, in this series. Like you, because it doesn't look like they can get anything done in Carolina when they go back. So you know, it, you, this is the position that if you offered us to be tied at two apiece coming home, most of us probably would have said, "All right, we'll take it." But look at look at around the league right now, around the NHL, the Lightning are gone, the, the Penguins are gone. Right. Like, look at look at this league. <laughs> look at what's happening right now. Like, if, if, if there's a if there's a season for the Caps to take it all back, back to not back, it would be now. They gotta but wake not... up now. Like this is yeah. they've been Look, given yet I... another amazing opportunity. Like the, the two teams that pose the largest threat to them are gone, gone out. I well, mean, what, Tampa. What you need to also fashion. realize. What you need to realize is playoff hockey is this this untamed beast and that's why you have tampa bay with probably the biggest choke in in all-time hockey and maybe sports going out in the first in a sweep and you have the penguins going out yes that's that's better for the caps but that also makes you realize just how difficult playoff hockey is and to be 2-2 yeah, I mean, we'll take it. We'll you, take. You, it. I mean, that, we'll take it two-two. But I'm not feeling very confident going into tomorrow night. And I mean, the Caps are going to have to show us something. I mean, Ovi's going to have to get two. Somebody's going to have to do something. Like, just do something. I mean, yeah. they they they're not taking enough shots. They're not skating with speed. And you know, I'm I'm so again, I'm the, thankful they're coming home for the next one. But they just haven't looked good. And on the, the defensive side, I think I think there's a huge problem there because. Time and time again, it's the stupid mistakes on the defensive end that that's allowing the goals. So, I mean, you think that when um, Reardon made the change to bring uh, Ovi and Backstrom and um, Oshie up into the same lineup that they'd be able to score more than one goal? I mean, before Oshie went out, they had they had one goal yesterday. So, yeah, but you also have to realize your shots on goal got significantly better after Reardon's adjustments in Game Four. And defense, we always knew defense was going to be an issue losing Kempney, right? Like, that was an expected issue that we were going to have. Juice, everyone thought he was going to do well. He did well you last year in the playoffs. You, you thought, thought he would do well. Everyone outside of Joe thought that Juice was going to do well because he did well last year in the playoffs, and he carried his weight after Kempney went out in the regular season. He did not do well, and it took Reardon a little bit longer to adjust, but he did adjust. And I'm telling you, if you look from game three to game four, the Caps played a significantly better game. It was a stronger game. Donkey, they gave the up numbers, a goal 17 minutes in. What are you talking what? about? Seconds. 17 seconds. Get out Luke of here. Goals, Luke goals happened. But if you looked at that game, Joe, you probably didn't even watch the game. If you watched that game. I did not watch the game. They played a very, okay, then you need to shut up. They played a significantly better game, <laughs> a significantly stronger game. And they were the better team on the ice. They were just fighting 
right? Oh, good. They didn't play what? like the better team on ice. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't look like the better team on the ice, but they were the better team on the ice. If you look at the numbers, they had look, a fluke goal, a hostile crowd. Uh, they lost Oshi, and the ice was crap. Like I understand you don't want to use those excuses, but those are real excuses. And playoff hockey is finicky, and you're not going to get the perfect circumstances. The whole reason the Caps won the Cup last year is because they had lucky bounces, immaculate saves, all these things. It wasn't just our team is the best. They had the hockey gods on their side. For the last two games, the hockey gods were not on their side, and that is something that is huge in the world of hockey and playoff hockey. So I understand your desire of saying, oh, they suck, they look like the Redskins, they're not playing urgently. They're playing a good game, and they know what they need to address. They know what they need to fix. And bringing somebody in like DSP in, that solidifies your line. If you match them with Dowd and Haglin, that's all of a sudden a, a goon line that's going to do a lot better for the bottom six that needs to start getting points. And then that gives somebody with a better offensive reach to go up into the top six and hopefully – Look, look, I'm I'm with you. Here's what I know. I know that it's playoff time, and I know DSP is going to be in the next game. And usually that's that's a formula for success. So I, I don't know, dude. I, I I think he can do it. I think, um, you know, it's two two, but we still have home home ice advantage. Best of three. Yes, we do it, have home ice advantage. Not everything comes game, easy. Saturday's game will be massive, and you should hope that the D.C. crowd doesn't think like you guys and go, oh, my God, we suck, and they don't show up. No, but but let's no. be real here. They're also going to be – it's going to be a very nervous crowd, especially at the beginning of that game. Especially if right? they go down a goal. I mean, That's absolutely right. it's going to be a nervous crowd. But I, I think I think you guys are overreacting to, to dropping two games in that hostile environment. Because you I, just don't, I just if, don't think Carolina's that good. Right, and and we saw this last year with Columbus, and when we went down 2-0 to them, the Caps had a chance to bounce back. I just don't know if if this the makeup of this team without Oshi, without Kempney, without Trotz even um, can do that. So it's you just have to realize the way Vegas when we first played them in the finals, they looked significantly faster and quicker and more hungry than us. The Caps quickly realized what the adjustment was they needed to do. And then towards the end of that series, we were essentially playing against high schoolers. Like it, they had their way with Vegas. So I like it's been two games from three to four. You saw significant improvement. I believe from four to five, you'll see the, the classic caps that you've been expecting to see. Okay. Well, we're, we're, we will see, but I want to talk about another event that you should have watched, but you probably didn't, which was Tiger Woods winning the Masters on Sunday. Did either of you watch this event live? That was the only thing that was on social media all of Sunday, or at least it my was social incredible. media. Like, I'm not a golf guy. This is Steve's, like, space, all right? But I was completely, completely engulfed by Tiger Woods in his Sunday red on Sunday. And, like, that moment with his son, like, hugging his kid, you know, 20 years after hugging his dad when he did the same thing. Like, it's just incredible. The whole thing was incredible. Uh, you know, the Vegas, the, one of the largest bets ever placed in Vegas, 85 large on Tiger Woods to win at 14 to 1 odds, payout of $1.2 million. Uh, the guy had never placed a wager before. I don't know where you get the stones to put 85 grand down on a, on a bet. But regardless, it was incredible. It was actually riveting. Like, golf was riveting. 
Um, you know, Steve and I were talking about it like in real time. It was my like it was just incredible. Like this guy, like whether you like Tiger Woods as a person or not, and and certainly you can you can say he's a terrible person and blah blah blah. But as a golfer, to go from being ranked in the in the one thousand one thousands basically to you know climbing all the way back up and then to not just to win a major but to win the masters is um it's really an impressive feat it's really really impressive i mean and he did it pretty convincingly too i mean he looked good through all the rounds but did you guys i mean how much of this did you watch see or hear i didn't watch too much of it but um i did follow it and i did kind of like do my background research on it and and what's incredible and is that he, correct me if I'm wrong, he could like barely swing a club like two years ago, right? All the back surgeries and everything like that's that. Right. So, and that's, that's why you have people like Jordan and everyone else coming out and being like, this is one of the greatest sport comebacks of all time. And it's just insane that we actually got to witness that, or I mean, not live for me, but that Tiger was able to do. <laughs> yeah, something. you were around. You're you're around to read about it on social media. Yeah, like, but the, some, that he could do something that impressive, like it, it, it's amazing. I think it just really shows how far and above he was better than everyone else before all of his injuries, right? So take him and take away some of the injuries. I mean, this guy would have been, you know, the best golfer ever to walk the face of the planet, and probably for a very long time. Is he allowed to claim that now? Claim what? Is there, is there is there like golf the, drama? That he's the where goat he of golf. Like, yeah, he is the goat. Of, well, no, I mean, not, not not quite. Not based on not based on wins. Not yet. Uh, he's he's well on his I way, mean, I guess. If close. he's if he's back, he's well on his way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would bet him to win another one this year, but it, it was just impressive to see him do it, uh, where basically nobody expected him to. So, uh, you know, at some point, Steve will come on here. We'll talk about it. But it's a I nice was, sports uh, story. Yeah, absolutely. Gives a people hope. Story. A great sports story. And it, um, even even above sports, right? It's just it's a good story in general. Who plays Tiger in the movie? I think it should be Jordan Peele. Will or Smith. Michael, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Please no Will Smith. Don't give me no Blue Genie. Although I am excited to see that Aladdin movie, but that's another topic. We'll do, that's uh, on defeat the culture when when we get there. That's the next podcast yeah, because because we got to throw Game of Thrones in there too. I would love to talk Game of Thrones, except one of us on this podcast right now knows nothing um, and can contribute nothing. But hold on, hold on. Before we get to that, because maybe we'll end with the Game of Thrones there. FP. Let's talk about Russell Wilson's new contract. Um, basically, signed for what like a bazillion dollars. He's going to earn the, the net of $35 million over the next five. I, I don't believe that Russell Wilson is worth that kind of money. I just don't. I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers is worth the money that he's getting paid. I, I just don't. I think Tom Brady is the only one that's worthy of the money that he's gotten. When you compare the top six or seven earners uh, like at the quarterback position in the NFL, five of them didn't make the playoffs last year. So I think we're getting to a point, guys, where – Teams are going to say, listen, I understand that you are the most important player in all of team sports at a position that I have to have, but I'm going to roll the dice and draft, you know, you guys mocked me for this a couple years ago, but I told you, if I'm running any sports, any of the NFL teams, if I'm in charge of whether it's the Browns, the, the Redskins, the Dolphins, or whoever, if I'm in charge, every single draft, I am drafting a quarterback every single year. In the 
Sometimes it may be in the second or third round. Sometimes it'll be in the fifth or sixth. But you got like to be able to compete in the modern NFL, you have got to find the like lightning in a bottle. You got to find one of these quarterbacks on a rookie deal that can run your offense with the studs and playmakers that you have at receiver, at running back, at tight end, at whatever. Like this this amount of money being spent on Russell Wilson does not guarantee that Seattle remains competitive or remains playoff bound. Like it's just right. a ton of they, money. They could get the curse of Baltimore. It's just a ton of money. It, I mean, yeah. Joe Flacco is a good example. Matthew Stafford. I mean, look at look at the guys that have signed for big money over the last couple of years, right? Like Matt Stafford. I, I think it was. Um, it, it starts was with Matt, Flacco. It was it was Flacco, then Ryan. I think and I think Matt Ryan was the first one. At no, no, it was, it was Stafford first. It was, it was Flacco, then Stafford. Stafford was the first one uh, to get $20 million per. And then Derek Carr was the first to get 25 Carr, Kirk right. is at 30 Aaron Rodgers is at 31 And now and then, Russell Wilson's at 35 yeah. This is absurd. It's absurd money. Like, I, I don't I think any of those guys agree. are worth that money. Absolutely not. And, like, while Russell Wilson did elevate the Seahawks last season or previous seasons, and he was one of the the bigger reasons they succeeded, again, you can't you can't handicap your entire draft capital or draft cap space on on one guy. I mean, and again, it's not even that. He's he's still a mobile quarterback. It's still very possible that by week two, Russell Wilson gets hit, busts his knee, and he's done. Like it's it's stupid to spend that kind of money on a quarterback, let alone a mobile quarterback that has even more risk to get hurt. I, I just don't I know just why think, you would pay him. Why do you pay him? Like, like he he was. Well, what's the alternative? You let him walk and you bring back Tavares yeah. Jackson. You let him. It doesn't have to be Tavares Jackson. You can go. I mean, go get Ryan Fitzmagic. Go get anybody or draft somebody. Like, I mean, they could have been players. They, they, they drafted Russell. Rosen. They yeah. drafted Russell. Right. The, the, the he cost them nothing for three of the five years or the three of the four years. Um, sorry, two. No, two all years five. In, Right, it was I mean, an extension. He, he literally cost them nothing when they drafted him. He beat out, I think, Matt Flynn as the quarterback in the preseason. He started basically from the first week, and by the second season, they were competing for playoffs. By the third season, they were in the Super Bowl. So, like, that's the formula, right? When you look at, like, you you just can't pay this kind of money and be competitive. I mean, Matthew Stafford. Has It'll been be interesting to see if if an if an NFL team decides to go that route. Because we haven't seen Honestly, it yet. Right? I can see I can see Baker Mayfield essentially mirroring Russell Wilson's career, where it's so then what? Beat, beat the guy, get the starting position, get your team close to playoffs, then get into the playoffs, then get at, into the at, Super Bowl. Then LP, I can see look, that. Happen. Look at what the Seahawks have not been able to do because of money they've allocated for to Russell Wilson since their Super Bowl run. They couldn't keep the Legion of Boom in place. They couldn't keep uh, they couldn't keep their their offensive weapons in place. They could I mean they couldn't keep anybody. And they just have him. So, you know, does he does he at least make you like or keep you competitive? Sure, but it's much harder to find. And maybe I'm wrong on this one, but this is this is the the, the hill I'm going to die on today. I think it's much easier to find a quarterback who can come in and run an offense with skill positions in place than it is to find a quarterback uh, who's going to come in or and run your offense like a Russell Wilson with no players of 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 uh, importance at any of your skill positions. I mean, that's what the Redskins are living with right now. Like you, you can't, like, I think it's easier to go find a Russell Wilson or any quarterback. Like if you're the Seahawks, you could trade up to, to number one, if you wanted to like, let him walk and trade up and get, get Haskins or get uh, Murray or get any of these guys, plug them in 
and move forward. Like if I'm running a team, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not paying $35 million to one guy at any position because I can't do anything else with my roster. I just don't see that actually being a winning formula, but well, I mean, the Raiders, I mean, I, I think Tom look, Brady really the, ruined it Raiders, for everybody. I think the Raiders, the lions, the Falcons, the, uh, the, 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 what's it called? The, the Ravens and now the stupid Seahawks and, and throw in Aaron Rodgers and the Packers yeah, what about too. The Packers? They, yeah. Okay. So they and have the great, they have world, they have the best, quarterbacks or, or they're the highest paid quarterbacks these teams have amounted to nothing man and they, lose, will... they bleed talent at other positions I'm... so what so what's the formula because obviously the tom brady new england formula is not going to happen with anybody else right no one's going to take less money to play for a good team but that's what makes tom brady the best ever is he's gotten it done with less than incredible talent at the skilled positions right he's the exception but he's also, but he's also not making the, the same right. amount of money Right? That's right. He's he also, himself too. So although Philly, like he doesn't Philly's have gonna, Philly, stars, all the, you're right. You're right. You're right. Right. But I mean, the Raiders are not competitive with Derek Carr at twenty million dollars. They're not. the The Vikings, you can argue, are competitive with Cousins at thirty million, but they still miss the playoffs. Like, yeah, like they're not competitive be, enough to make the playoffs. Okay. So, like, what what did you actually get for that for that money like you might have been better off with Keenum and a couple more defensive pieces for example yeah it's going to be interesting I think there's going to be a shift in the NFL we'll see which way it goes but I don't think the running backs it's not sustainable once upon a time time, the running backs like would command uh, second like second big contracts sometimes third big contracts into their early 30s now what does the NFL do like you get one shot basically you get one crack at it even a guy like Le'Veon Bell at twenty, what twenty seven? They're like, no, you're too old. Like, we're not, we're not paying you any more money. We'll go find some other guy in the draft. Like, the same thing is going to happen to the quarterback position, where if you have, if you have good pieces at positions, you know, at key positions on your team, uh, anybody can come in and sling the ball left and right and kind of be the game manager type. The bubble is- absolutely has to burst, and it, it's going to burst. Like you guys are absolutely right that this isn't sustainable for football teams to, to keep going this route. Uh, but you guys are missing the underlying factor of what didn't happen with Russell Wilson's contract. Is he essentially wanted uh, an adjustable contract that kind of gave him more money depending on the the, the He wanted a percentage base. of cap. He wanted a right, percentage, percentage of cap, of cap each year. And if, if gambling gets involved and, and TV shares that happen, like that's what he wanted. And, Everybody across the league should be happy that that type of contract didn't go through because if that did, it would have had an insane effect on the landscape of the NFL. Well, maybe that maybe that will even been cheaper for NFL teams if they're if you're giving the quarterback twenty percent or a max of twenty percent of the cap, then at least you have eighty percent to spend on other players. He's probably making more than whatever the percentage was now. Yeah, but imagine something's got to change, right? And it, maybe it's maybe it's in the next CBA that you yeah. know per position is allocated up up to a percentage of the cap. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's ridiculous how much money these owners are still making. Yet, what's the biggest issue in NFL and free agency and all that is cap space, right? So it's not that there's a lack of money to go around. It's the rules and you know the fairness committee and all that stuff that kind of is hindering 
um, how much money people are making, et cetera. You know what I mean? It still it still blows my mind the the money difference between NFL and NBA. Leave baseball out of it because they're insane, but between NFL and NBA, it blows my mind the the type of contracts that one can discuss. Yeah. Uh, speaking of of NBA contracts, Dwight Howard opts into uh, year two, so he got what five point something million for. Five point six million. Fifteen for minutes of time. No reason. Maybe did he play even fifteen minutes? I mean, Doesn't matter. I hate player options. I hate them. I hate between them. him and between no. him and Mahimi, what did we pay for? <laughs> I mean, if I'm Dwight Howard, I would opt in too. It's not his fault that Ernie decided to throw some ridiculous contract uh, yeah. at him. You you can't blame Dwight at all for for taking that. I mean, he's he'd not be an idiot not to. He's not going to play a minute next season either, I'm sure. So, I mean, even if he does, like, okay, great. Like, even if they do, like, I hate player options for this reason. Like, he did not earn – like, there should be, a, like, a, another – like, a double asterisk. Like, if you don't play or contribute to X amount, then you cannot exercise your option. Like, what are they – what are they – like, how, how do you just write – like, I just hate this. I hate this. And it, should the Wizards, be, it should be Virginia employment laws at will. We can fire you at any time and not have to pay you. I mean, that's even excessive. I'm just saying, like, if you don't contribute, if you don't, if you're not a meaningful contributor to the team, you shouldn't have the ability to exercise a player option, right? And and it should be terms, just like you have contract bonuses. There should be at least minimum criteria. You have to play in 25 games. You have to average a certain amount of points. You have to get a certain number of rebounds. You have to block X number of shots. Like you have to. There has to be something. Like this is this is just. You know, as far as I'm concerned, this is this is just Ernie, another Ernie thing that we have to deal with for the next year, right? This is he's going to be on the roster. He's going to eat up five million dollars worth of cap space, and you can't do anything about it. I saw can't. some some crazy stat like the the Wizards have six players under contract for next season, but only sixteen million dollars of cap space. That's right. They have to fill the rest of the <laughs> roster at an average of two million per. I mean, who are they going to employ? I mean, Little I guess. I'll come in and pay for play for you know eighty thousand dollars a year. That's fine. Yeah, FB can come play goalie, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I can do more than Mahimi and Dwight. That's for damn sure. I mean, you're six fouls, baby. Just go in there and wrap somebody up, <laughs> tackle somebody. But let's talk about look. NBA playoffs are struggling, struggling, and that has I mean it has everything to do with LeBron, you know, being uh, out in LA, not qualifying for the playoffs. Magic Johnson steps down. What a mess the Lakers turned into. Like, only LeBron James can somehow mess up the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but leave it to him. Somehow he finds a way to do it. But the NBA playoff ratings are in the toilet. Um, the MLS surpassed them, actually, believe it or not, on both uh, Saturday and Sunday last week, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy wow. to think that nobody's watching the NBA playoffs. But, you know, newsflash, nobody's watching the NBA playoffs. Like, the NBA doesn't have a league. It has it has a series of players, and right now, as dominant and as good as a handful of these players are, like the Greek Freak, they're just not notable. They're not marketable. I mean, they're in cities that don't matter, and the NBA is struggling. I mean, it's struggling. I've watched some playoff basketball this this uh, postseason, and it's been a mix of good and bad. You know, I, can't, I guess as I've expected, the two teams I enjoy watching the most, ironically are the, the Jazz and the and the Nuggets out West, two teams that most people can't name two players on, but they're the most fun to watch. 
uh, the Warriors and Clippers. Like, there's some history there, but like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I'm an NBA guy, like through and through. LP, it's it's been. This is very tough to watch. Very tough. It has been tough. Um, I've still been watching, but to me, the, the big story was, and, and I truly feel bad for him, is the, the Marcus Cousins quad tear. I mean. Um, I don't know if you saw that play, but he's literally going after a loose ball, yeah, and his leg just completely gives out. I mean, feel bad for the guy, but my first thought was, oh crap, this is what happens when you rush back from an Achilles injury, and who do we have here in D.C. who's coming off an Achilles injury? So, um, feel bad for the guy, but I don't know if that really makes a difference to the Golden State Warriors. I still think. Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, I mean, they're just too good. I mean, it's going to still be a cakewalk for them for the rest of the season or for the rest of the playoffs. Even though uh, the Clippers got one on them, I don't think they're gonna, they'll are gonna get another one. Yeah, I mean, isn't that, I mean this, can we just fast forward to the to the finals? Let's no, put well, the, I think the, the Bucks I think, there. I think, I think Kevin Durant is likely to miss at least one game during these playoffs because he's, he's playing a very reckless brand of basketball right now. He's, he's got three, up technical fouls. Three, he's got three T's in three games. He's going to miss at least one game somewhere, and it may, it may end up costing the Clippers, um, you know, at, at worst, extra rest time. At, or, sorry, at worst, it may cost them a series. But, you know, I, I think the only team out of the East that can beat them right now uh, is Milwaukee. And it's just because they're just a freaky athletic team, and they, they have a guy that nobody on the Warriors can guard, right? And – you know, I, that just—it would be an intriguing matchup. I don't think it'll be a very good one, but that's the really the only team I think that can do it. I mean, it's just not exciting, and and it's crazy. Like LeBron has been part of the NBA playoffs for the last ten years straight, right? And or eleven years or twelve years, whatever it is, and he's not there now. Like that's just insane. That's it's so really hard. What to would process. you guys? Yeah, but it's how, refreshing how not you, seeing him. I like it. Guys, how would you guys? say the the ratings are dropping are the ratings dropping because of lack of parity is it dropping because of no lebron is it dropping because it's just boring matchups like what what is it right now that's that's making the nba i personally i'm enjoying i'm enjoying watching like patrick beverly get under durant's skin to me that's the highlight of watching a warriors game right now is seeing bitch kevin durant like get picked on essentially and 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 outbursts into tease but like to me i i think it's fatigue over the past three four years with super teams and with what you know what what the warriors did and lebron did for the warriors right so it's just it's not and then with other sports like hockey becoming more popular in in the u.s um or across the markets right and then what tiger did there's just so much more going on and then even soccer right UEFA Champions League. Um, I mean, I'm on I'm on group messages with people I, from work, and all they're talking about is Champions League. And I'm like, I didn't even know you guys were interested 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 in soccer. So I think it's a combination of all those things that people are just kind of checking out of the NBA, and it's just not competitive. It's not good for TV, and sometimes the games are too late. You know, 10:30 tip, the game's over at 1:30. Just yeah, that's multiple that, that factors. But, you know, I, my theory on this is that LeBron moving from the East to the West uh, had ramifications from the beginning of the season, and it just is carrying on now. Uh, the, the NBA doesn't have a team in the Eastern Conference that they can put consistently into that early time slot on TNT 
and on uh, ESPN. I mean, LeBron and the Cavs dominated that. LeBron and the, and the Miami Heat dominated that time slot. You'd see, you know, out of 82 games, we'd probably see 20 or 25 LeBron games. If you only got, you know, TNT and TBS and TNT or TNT and ESPN, you probably saw 20 to 30, maybe more Cavs games. Or you saw LeBron a lot. Like LeBron was the league. LeBron goes to the West Coast, and now he's they're in a timeshare for that ten o'clock uh, that ten o'clock window or ten thirty tip window, and they got to share it amongst the the Rockets. They got to share it with the Spurs. They got to share it with the with the Warriors. The Warriors they share it with yeah. everybody else. So so like that, I think that was the beginning of it. And and frankly, the NBA like it hasn't the era of super teams going back to like 2011, 2012, uh, I mean, people cheer against them, right? And that's what people want to see. There isn't a real like a nemesis to this Warriors team right now. Like they are expected to win, even though they didn't have a very good regular season. Like I think a lot of people when they tune in and they're like, if you just ask like some random guy who says he's an NBA fan, who had the best record in the NBA this year, I, I bet 10 out of 10 would say the Warriors. What the reality was, it was the Bucks, right? But nobody knows that because nobody watches the Bucks. So like I think the NBA has a they're at a cross point now where they have to get one of their major market teams in the Eastern Conference, um, like loaded up with power. I told you personally, I think it's going to be a combination of Kyrie and, and and Kevin Durant going to the Knicks. I think that's what they need. I think they need, need a super team in New York. Um, and I think those two. I mean, there's nothing left for KD to do out west. It doesn't look. It doesn't look like they're going to pay him um, to stay there again. So that would be like you know my early bet is that somehow the league is going to get involved to make sure that the Knicks don't suck anymore because the Knicks are a marquee franchise that have been I mean they've been bad for 20 25 years like they have to get the Knicks back on the map if the league is going to survive it, like it, they just have to um you know like the resurgence of the Nets has been nice to watch for for people that care the magic the same you know those this, these playoffs are missing a lot of the usual suspects uh, I mean no I mean the Wizards I don't know if they're usual suspects but no Atlanta Hawks either like there's there's a bunch of teams that we've been accustomed to seeing that are not there um the problem is it's it's all the bigger markets. So you have a bunch of smaller market teams playing, like the Denver's and the um, and the and the Salt Lake Cities, the, the the Pistons or whatever, like teams that nobody that there just isn't a lot of yeah. Uh, I think teams. I think we all agree they got to do something. They got to get creative to do something different. Right? The sport is becoming too boring. It's long. The season's long. It's all um, three pointers. Like we don't even right. have dunks anymore. It's just. Just a three-point shooting contest every single night, and it, it does get boring. Absolutely, absolutely. I would say change the rule of forcing people to do forcing kids to do one year at college. Just get rid of it. Just let the stars come straight into the league. No, I don't know if that's going to. They should do the opposite. What, yeah, the Joe Azer plan. If you if you opt to go to the pros, you go to the pros. Fine. If you opt to go to college, you go for three years. But Either way, they, something's got to change. But I'm not sure. Charity. Yeah, I'm not sure either of those do anything to the actual product. Monday of course through it Friday. does. If you're a collegiate, if you're a high school player, and you you legitimately think that you can get drafted in the in the top half of the first round of one of the lottery picks, go pro. Like go make your money and go have at it. If you don't think you can get there, right? You you have the option to explore, and you know you can opt to go to college. And if you go, but if you go to college, you're going for three years. That allows the college product to get better. It also uh, it also gets the NBA like more finished product players players ready to contribute right away. 
uh, you know, it, I mean, look back to when we were growing up, guys. Like, the drafts were littered with, like, 7 to 10, 15, 20 even stars, right? These were, these were uh, you know, some sophomores, but mainly they were juniors and a couple of seniors along the way. I mean, you had these loaded draft classes of just talent upon talent upon talent. You don't have that anymore. You, you're basically, you know, it's some Euro guy. I mean, it's basically, it's part of the reason why Ernie was terrible at his job. And why he why he used to be good and then got bad because you can't follow all the players all the time. You can't do it. You can't do it. Actually, that makes perfect sense, Joe. Like, I never say that to you, but it honestly makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Did Did you hear the surprise in FP's voice? <laughs> I mean, there's no surprise in my voice. The boy here is. Uh, I, I bring my A game every time we talk, guys. I mean, come on, this is nothing new. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Unless you're trying to I'm talk doing. to me about a game you never watched. We've gone 40 minutes without talking about uh, um, the Redskins and the draft that's in, what, six days? I'm out. There's nothing care. Yeah, there's don't nothing care. to talk about until it happens because nobody knows Diddley. There's if they don't get Rosen, if they don't get Rosen, they may win three games this year. We should do on the next pod, we should do a uh, uh, win or loss. Just go around, go through the schedule, see what we got them pegged at. Actually, Joe, I have, I have one question for you that LP and I were talking about earlier. I just want you to say yes or no to this question. Has the front office uh, front office done well or not since dropping Swearinger and, and taking a risk on, on Foster? All the moves that they've done since, have they been good or bad? They've been good. I like, I like the Matt Ioannidis extension. I don't right. care if he's overpaid. I like taking care of our own guys. He's a, he's a beast. Um, he's well respected in the locker room. He's a leader. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that extension. Landon Collins Foster. is over, Collins is a little bit overpaid, but we'll deal with it. We got a hole to fill back there, so you know that's the price you pay. Um, you know, and Foster, yeah. I mean, whoever Look, I mean, you're, whoever you're, psychic Bruce talked to down in Tampa gave him some good yeah. information because so, he yeah he's he's on he uh, got him. Uh, LP and I were talking about it. All the moves, and then cutting the fat with, with not worrying about haha, letting Zach Brown go, all that stuff. Getting Case moves, Keenum for $2 million getting, a year. Yeah, getting Case Keenum for free. All those moves so far have proven to be really, really, really well-executed moves. And then LP and I were saying, if you could put the cherry on top where you get Rosen for a second and a later third or whatever, and you can still draft that 15th, uh, and a rushing edge or, or somebody like that, I would go ahead and say something bold, which I never would have thought I would say, is that this front office for the for the offseason would be maybe top five, top eight best front office uh, offseasons. Like, they would have had one of the best offseasons in the league. Yeah, it, it doesn't take away some of the stupid stuff that happens there, like the Jay Gruden report of him not being involved and like, like there's you, still you some gotta, stupid, like, childish, to, petty stuff gotta, that goes on you there. You got to separate the media BS to the actual moves on paper. Moves on paper, this front office has been doing good things this offseason. And it's, it's surprising because the season ended with fire Bruce Allen. And somehow, some way, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tugging at heartstrings here and homers, but somehow, some way, I'm not as disappointed as I thought I would be. Yeah, I'd still I agree, agree, but also I don't think the media has it out for the Redskins. I mean, Washington Post has certainly chilled off on that a bit since a few years ago. 
Um, so I, I think all these things that kind of happen in the media or, or that are said or leaked or whatever it is, it's partially true. I mean, maybe it's not 100%. Maybe there's still some, you know, fuzziness there, but I, I don't think that they're 100% incorrect. Yeah. I still want Goose Allen gone. I mean, he's done There's no argument from anybody on that. No, nope. yeah, over no his argument. tenure, he's done more bad than good. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I don't have any. If he's gone, I don't feel bad. Yeah, I'm good with it. Do you want to talk Game of Thrones, or should we leave it for the next uh, for the next time? So this is a long show, and uh, I just got home, so I need to go take care of some things. But uh. Oh, it's number two. You drop the kids off of the toilet. By the way, by the way, <laughs> hey, hey, there's a tornado warning. There's tornado warnings here in DC. So, for anybody listening, you know, uh, pay attention. Like this is this is a good time to pay attention to the news because um, it's not just about Mueller and and Trump and whatever. Uh, there's actual bad weather happening outside. So, be safe. LP, anything from you? I, I just want to put on record that. Um, Earlier this week, FP told me that Russell Wilson was going to be traded to the Giants and that they were going to trade up for Kyler Murray for number one. And I said, put your money where your mouth is. He offered to put $100 on it, and within 24 hours, Russell Wilson was uh, extended. So just want to put that on record there, FP. I'll take a dollar a day for the next 100 days in addition exactly. to my dollar a day for 250 days for my fantasy football win. That's FP. That's our NFL insider with the breaking I, news. I got you. It was a dream, all right? It was a dream. Couldn't have been worse, buddy. Couldn't have been worse. <laughs> Whatever. Who cares? Nobody knows all what right, happened boys. about the NFL. All right, boys. For now, let's cheer on the Caps tomorrow. Let's cheer on – I guess let's cheer on the Redskins. Let's see what they do next week in the draft. And let's keep our eye on uh, on all things uh, sports and DC in the meantime as well. For FP and LP, my name is Joe. You can find this podcast, Defeating the Curse, rebranded Defending the Cup, until the Caps either win or get knocked out, which won't happen because we are very confident they will win tomorrow. We want that good mojo going into tomorrow night's game. But you can find this podcast on Spotify, on Google, on Google Play, iTunes, and pretty much anywhere else that you go for podcasts. You can find us on uh, defeatingthecurse.com social media on Facebook and on Instagram as well find us interact with us share with us or don't that's fine too but we are there thank you so much for listening we are out